0: it's interesting because drag is both a separate entity and an extension of your own personality. Right. Um, so there's this kind of sense of invincibility where it's things that Jake thinks about doing, but wouldn't be, you know, confident enough to, to do it without uh, kind of the full suit of armor on, if you will. Um, So yeah, I don't know, it kind of toys around and plays with like, okay, what do I want to create for an audience? What do I think they will like? You know, it is kind of a product at the end of the day, but then also kind of what are these elements of myself that I want to to bring out and show to the world.
1: Welcome back to the show. I am so excited for you to be joining me today as we chat with drag queen Cordelia Facade. But before we dive into today's episode, just a quick reminder to please subscribe to the show. Whether you are listening on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play, press that subscribe button so you can stay up to date on episodes. And head on over to patreon.com slash to join the fam and help keep this show going every single week and get access to exclusive content, behind the scenes content, and early access for my music and writing. Again, that's patreon.com slash X-E-N-J-A. Your support means the absolute world to me. What do you get when you put an attempted musical theater career Love for makeup and fashion, and passion for gender and LGBTQIA social issues into a blender, a drag queen. Hence the birth of Cordelia Facade. The brainchild and alter ego of Jake, Cordelia is a trophy wife on a mission, bringing both beauty and brains to the stage. She loves creating high concept numbers and mixes that incorporate intricate looks, character illusions, comedy, and pop culture references to really bring her performances to the next level. Last summer, in collaboration with Beck Rogers, she developed a color-blocked Rainbow Pride photo series as a celebratory art piece during the initial first wave of the pandemic and is currently in development for a second iteration of this project for this year's Pride. Hi, thank you so much for being here.
0: Hi Xenia, thank you so much for having me.
1: Yes, so I like to start uh, every interview with how my guests and I have met And we went to North Central together.
0: Are you still there? I'm not. No, I was there for two years. um, And then after my second year, I just like wasn't loving where I was going. I felt like I had really gotten everything I was going to uh, from there just for me artistically. And so I was kind of taking a gap year uh, to reconfigure and then COVID hit. (laughs) So it was kind of a really good time to not be in college actually and to kind of just be able to to focus on life you know
1: yeah oh absolutely I hear that I my college experience was ended up being like six and a half years and at the end of it I was like I still have no idea what I want to do so (laughs) same thing I took a gap year and I was like yeah we're gonna go the arts route because that's that's where I'm always you know leading back to so I, I get that uh but yeah were we on any shows together I was trying to think about that
0: I don't think that our paths ever crossed um and I know kind of our mutual connection is through Beck um you know you guys were on a show together um yeah I don't think that we were ever ever on the same project they they were always kind of throwing everybody everywhere (laughs) around I know
1: it sometimes too felt like the same people were on all of the shows together and I was kind of like okay okay so can we start with how the persona of cordelia facade was created
0: i started thinking about it seriously as far as drag and everything uh towards the end of high school um as i was sort of just getting into it as like a viewer um and kind of from the outside and finding other queens online and being like "Oh, this is very interesting um and kind of this combination of all these things that i liked um and then yeah just sort of started playing around with makeup uh still kind of as a boy persona but just sort of adding things there um and then it kind of all came together with a freshman year well at least for me and at college we had kind of an amateur drag night sort of thing and i was like absolutely like let's go for it and so that was kind of the, the first time i threw it all together and looked a, a hot mess on stage and, and paid kind of cut my teeth that way you know
1: Totally. Was that um, Luna's? Did she host that? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. I heard. I Indeed, didn't get to yes. see it, but I heard about that. I heard it was really fun.
0: Yeah, it was such a, a cool night and kind of a a really nice safe space to to go and and jump into something like that, where you know you're not quite out in the quote unquote real world. Um, uh, kind of thrown to the sharks. You're sort of in this contained school space where all your friends and peers are there to kind of cheer you on so that, that was a really cool night and um definitely once you I got like that little taste of it I was like oh we're we're really on to something but it just it really reinvigorated me in a performance uh, setting that I hadn't been in a while in like traditional theater which is kind of what I was going for at the time um because I I, I sort of realized I was like oh I have all this creative control over it right like not only am I the the vessel in which this is you know being put out in, but I'm also creating it uh, as well, and I get to to have say in all of it, so it was really exciting.
1: What kind of prompted you to you to just ultimately go for it?
0: Honestly, it, it sort of just landed in my lap. Of I, I like looked at it all on paper, and it's so, drag is sort of this combination of all these separate things that I already was so passionate about. Um, From a young age, I was just always, like, singing and dancing, frolicking through the house, Um, and I'd walk around on my tiptoes with, like, an invisible high heel from the get-go. My first, like, career aspiration was to be a fashion designer, so I sort of always had that going. Um, And then, yeah, sort of started to go down this musical theater route, and that really seemed like where I wanted to go with my life. Um, But then I kind of just started to feel very constricted uh, within that world of – Oddly, and something that is so creative and expressive sometimes at least in my experience for men they really want this like hyper masculine presence you know to put into these recreations of reality and it just was never something that I was going to excel at it wasn't interesting and or interested in changing myself to fit that um so I was like all right let's let's crank it the other way
1: can you talk to us about the process of creating Cordelia, and how did you come up with the name?
0: Cordelia was was twofold. Uh, the first was from American Horror Story, The Coven Season. Uh, Sarah Paulson's character is named Cordelia, and it's a complete badass. So I kind of took it from there. And then uh, senior year, when I was sort of starting to really think about drag uh, for myself, we happened to be ringing, uh, reading King Lear, and there's a character named Cordelia in it. And I was like, huh, that's kind of a like a pretty name, and was toying that around um and then facade was sort of a, a joke between me and my friends at the time that it was like the only ap word that i knew and like threw into every essay <laughs> um and then i was kind of like oh and it sort of has a little bit of a of a nod to what drag is right it is all a facade um and so i just i thought it was kind of a, a clever combination there um and then i don't know as far as the the kind of persona of it all it's a separate entity and an extension of your own personality right um so there's this kind of sense of invincibility where it's things that jake thinks about doing but wouldn't be you know confident enough to to do it without uh, kind of the full suit of armor on if you will um so yeah, I don't know, it kind of toys around and plays with like, okay, what do I want to create for an audience? What do I think they will like? You know, it is kind of a product at the end of the day, but then also kind of what are these elements of myself that I want to to bring out and show to the world?
1: Do you mind explaining what and who a drag queen is for listeners who may just not know?
0: It's one of those everything and nothing things all at the same time. <laughs> totally. Um, and, I, and I, I should also just kind of preface by everything that I'll say today is sort of just my own experience in POV. But, you know, you talk to different performers out there and they're all going to have kind of their own take on it and relationship with drag um and how that plays into their life their own gender identities all that sort of stuff um but for me and myself and my understanding of it drag is a what you do not necessarily who you are um so it is a performance art uh that is sort of this uh hyper extension of these extremes within the the gender category, you know of drag queen being sort of this uh, overly feminized character and then drag Kings, you know, kind of being on the opposite end of that. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a character, it's a persona. Um, for like me personally, I still, identify he him when i'm out of drag you know um and still just kind of live my life as a as a boy air quotes day to day um and then we'll sort of go by she her in drag but i'm not for myself overly particular about pronouns and then i um and my, my personal viewpoint into it is that pronouns are just such a construct as it is that I, I just don't even let them have power over me that I just I don't even care what you call me at the end of the day because I'm like oh, it's all <laughs> it's all kind of made up anyways you know
1: oh my gosh 100 percent. that is an entire episode on its. oh on for its sure line. yeah <laughs> gender and pronouns oh my gosh like yeah don't even get me started it's okay I was gonna go <laughs> off on a tangent but <laughs> for time's sake <laughs> yes. um so can you tell us about your mission? Being a trophy wife on a mission. I'm I'm just so <laughs> curious about this. What is the mission, and and how how do you plan on accomplishing that?
0: I so I I, I kind of developed that as just sort of my my tagline and sort of my um, I don't even know like mantra for drag of sort of like what did I want to bring to the scene. Um, and I was very interested, just with my with my drag, in constantly playing with this um, like beautiful exterior, but then following it up with uh, like really intelligent like performances behind it, right? Um, and kind of making some some social commentary there. So it was sort of always this like, how can we toy with? you know, she looks really beautiful, but then has these really smart things to say and, you know, play with people's perception on um, beauty within kind of the female world too, right? Of like, you know, what do we assume about women when they look super beautiful, right? I think that there's a stereotype there of them then not being as smart, which is so ridiculous. Um, So I kind of wanted to kind of parody that almost and be like you know how how pretty can we get but then how how much substance can we can we kind of back that up with um and then yeah just saying that the 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 phrasing of of trophy wife i kind of always thought was was fascinating of these of of the women then that do lean into that in the the real world, as far as being like, I don't know, I'm just gonna you know sit around and look beautiful and, and just kind of live my life that way. I, I'm also fascinated by that too. And I, I think that's super fierce as well.
1: Talk about, can you talk about um, performing in mm-hmm. drag and, and, and the process of that and like what it's like to be up on a stage or wherever you are. I, I saw a recent like music video that you did um, so just just talk to us about the performance process
0: yeah and yeah like you said kind of um you know so much stuff and everybody's life has transferred to online versions of of what it was before um and prior to this i had just turned so i just turned 21 this past summer um Um, which is super lame time to start 21. (laughs) Um, okay
1: i i think i have you beat though i turned 21 when i was in rehab
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) I will, I will concede to that. Um, But yeah, and, you know, and and drag happening so much in bars or venues that are 21 and up is kind of like, ah, like I'd been waiting, you know, to like finally break in. But uh, prior to that, I had still done uh, a bit of live performance here and there at a few places. Um, And then, yeah, I sort of had to reconstruct this, this idea of, you know, what performance means in this, this online world. Um, So I don't know, for myself, I've primarily uh, dealt with doing different like lip sync performances uh, is kind of a a standard within the the drag world. Um, And what really interests me there, what I always kind of lean towards is creating different uh, mixes of, uh, you know, different songs and audio clips and dialogue and uh, different things to create a storyline. So it's not just, you know me going around and kind of bopping around to an Ariana Grande song for three minutes, which I love. And the queens that do that are so fierce. (laughs) and so entertaining. Um, I always want to keep the audience guessing. And so kind of on that, trophy wife on a mission thing of, you know, coming out and starting with a bit of a number where the audience thinks they know what's going to happen, right? And they're, we're just going to continue with the song and she's going to dance around and look cute and everything. And then all of a sudden it changes and we have this mood shift. And then, you know, it's super funny and then super low and, you know, we're thinking about things and dark. So I, I like to, to kind of have a whole a whole range, take you on a, a journey there. Um, and then, yeah, we, we sort of started experimenting then with doing... The, you know, video versions of that, um, and figuring out, you know, how can you still bring that same level of like excitement and energy that you get in a live performance to a recorded setting. Um, and it's been very, very interesting to, to navigate that. Um, and then, yeah, I th- the video I think you're talking about is the Nobody No Crime, which is a Taylor Swift song that got semi, mm-hmm. uh, recently released. And I just, I listened to it the first time and I was like, this is such a fun, like murder mystery, weird song. <laughs> I was like, what a perfect song for a drag queen to do. And so I played kind of all the different characters of it throughout, um, including then the the male character in there too, if you, it's like a little, little Easter egg in there. Um, so yeah, that, that was super fun to put together though and kind of keep the creative juices going.
1: And you worked with Beck on that,
0: right? I did, yeah. She does um, pretty much all my, photography and filming and everything and uh truly I you know you, you hear people talk about it in the entertainment industry but I, I cannot stress how important the people behind the camera are to the finished product that's in front of the camera because I just it wouldn't be possible at all without uh without Beck uh, and then uh, my uh, other best friend, Sierra, was also involved with that on some of the uh, the other uh, photography and everything. And so, yeah, having a, a core team for both logistics and emotional support behind it is so necessary.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm right now in pre-production on a music short film mm. and it's, yeah, all of the behind the scenes that I I like, anticipated but didn't think i realized like fully like how much behind the scenes actually is going into everything so yeah Yeah.
0: Absolutely. And even in, uh, you know, live performance, you you can kind of get away with the, you know, you'll pre plan some stuff or whatever. And then you, know, you go out for a number, say you have four minutes that so you have to burn on the stage. But those four minutes live live time. So even if you flub something, or there's a low energy, time keeps going, you know, and you don't have to live with that. And then you sit down to plan a video. And it's amazing that, you know, four minutes there was days of planning and you know (laughs) doing all this and we shot it in like a day but still a full like 12 hours of shooting and changing everything it's you know it's crazy then to refine it and edit it and yeah a lot goes into it
1: yeah and it's like too I find (laughs) I never shoot enough to like yeah, fill the never. time I, I yeah so uh, that's my thing now I'm like we need to shoot everything doesn't even matter what it is just everything and no.
0: then
1: we'll figure it out
0: it completely no to completely throw myself under the bus if you ever see a project that I do and there's slow motion in it it was completely me not filming <laughs> enough and just trying to fill time <laughs> so yeah yeah <laughs>
1: That's that's so fun, though, because it's it's like you just have to pretend that that was planned all along.
0: Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it's in my notes. Look at it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. The note that was added after all the editing was done
0: completely. Yeah, we went back. We did a final review.
1: <laughs> yes. So how do you how do you prepare for a stage performance then?
0: Um. It kind of depends. Uh, Sometimes I'll just be like listening to music and something will strike me about a certain song. And I'm like, oh, like, what if I, you know, put this song and this song together and then we sort of go from there and I like build it kind of from the mix up. Uh, And then sometimes I'll do sort of like a character illusion thing, like I have a a Poison Ivy number that's based off of kind of the, uh, the Uma Thurman Poison Ivy in Batman and Robin and so I sort of started there being like I loved this character as a child and then you look at some of these characters growing up too and you're like oh they're just drag queens fully in like wigs hair and makeup this full nine yards um and so then kind of like reverse engineer it, of being like okay well how do i do this character but make it interesting make it fresh you know what um what songs and stuff can i pull into it um and then yeah and also you know sometimes it starts with like the look where it's you know i have an outfit that i've sort of pieced together and i'm like all right well, what what would this person in this outfit want to say or want to do or want to embody
1: Mm. you have a ton of of different looks Do you want to chat about those
0: oh yeah for sure what what do you want to know about them
1: (laughs) oh my gosh everything okay so how how were they created what are they are there like deeper meanings behind behind them
0: some of them I I don't know It, it sort of depends on the the specific look because some of them are just like surface value, like for my own self and fulfillment, I just wanted to look as like beautiful as I can. And I think in starting drag sort of your first, or at least I found for me, like the first like benchmark that you kind of get to is like perfecting just like your base, like face look like getting that kind of to the highest degree and then you can sort of start tweaking things and being like all right well what if we want to you know make this a little sharper this a little softer and and then you start sort of playing around so some of them are truly kind of just uh like vanity projects right Of, of getting to that point um but then i also like to play with it and kind of you know do things that are turned up on their head a little bit um like when we did the the pride shoot last year uh, for blue, I did like a Cinderella type look. But for one of the images, I was like, wouldn't it be funny if like when she lost the shoe, she like fell down the stairs? And so it's like <laughs> me in this like really you know beautiful dress and hair and makeup and everything just like dead on the staircase. Oh um, so yeah, sort of always wanting to keep you guessing and have a an edge of comedy to it, but uh, still kind of keeping it within that that beautiful uh, beautiful persona.
1: It sounds like it's a very freeing form of of expression and
0: art. Totally, and it's it's such a weird balance because you uh, you can sort of do anything, right? But then there's also, uh, I think, to to be successful in it, you also have to have a certain level of refinement to it. Um, you know, it's kind of like what they talk about in in fashion of sometimes you know less is more and take one piece off before you walk out the door. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting kind of always playing with what do I personally want to do? What will be perceived the best, what will, you know, elicit the most, you know, a reaction or emotion out of people. Um, and I think too, at the end of the day, drag is always inherently political. Right. Um, and it's never lost on me that truly let alone being gay, but doing drag could still literally get me and so many other performers like killed in other places in the world. Um, and so, I never—it's I, just never lost on me. And I always there's always that kind of edge of rebellion uh, in it too that you know, which might sound odd when it is just a very, um, you know, soft feminine look. But uh, within the the kind of societal context, it is still really, really edgy, and you still have to have kind of a, a fire under it, you know, and fight for 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 what you love.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just thought of how Alabama just passed that horrific law of banning healthcare for trans youth. And it's like even in our own country yeah. there are people who are are so anti you know like everything except straight white men. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: for sure. And it's it, it's so yeah. wild to me because uh, like, you know, and uh, of, of course, uh, I think RuPaul has to come into it at some point, but um, oh, one yes. of the, his RuPaulisms is, yeah, uh, one of his main isms is, you know, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. And it's a really, like, fun, lighthearted, like, use it in a song. Um, but truly, like, that that mantra was something, when that, like, clicked to me of what the greater meaning of that was, and when I realized, I was like, oh, no, you're right, literally, we are all born naked and then everything that we add on to us from that point on is drag. You know, there's no difference in me putting on a ball gown than somebody else putting on sweats and a t shirt. We're all just adding stuff that we've put meaning onto. Mm. Um, and so it's so it's so bizarre to me. Like I, I feel sometimes like some, you know, the majority of people are just kind of brainwashed and I'm like the only one awake um, to, to seeing, I'm like, no, 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 like we're all just adding stuff. And it doesn't matter if I pick out something that was labeled as female in the store, because it doesn't mean anything, you know, the meaning comes from, from us. So I don't know, it's just wild when people are so, so really just like, I, I, I feel like it, it's cowardly to to not understand or try, try to understand other people are coming from and to to only push your agendas
1: oh completely i completely agree with that it's all it really is all social constructs and it's so frustrating to to like like my entire family is homophobic and like just they use their religion as a way to discriminate and i'm like thanks (laughs) you know yeah
0: no it's 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 really rough out there and I kind of find myself too, even within the the drag community or the the LGBTQIA plus community. It's it's hard too because you're sort of navigating this dismantling of binaries and labels and everything. And then sometimes I I feel then that sometimes you you also then end up creating other boxes that people get put mm. into. Like if I were to really like sit down and look at all the different like labels and um, and kind of identities out there. I would probably most accurately put myself into like a gender non-conforming or non-binary label. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I said earlier, like it's just so irrelevant to begin with that. It just doesn't, it just doesn't matter to me, you know, what, what people kind of refer to me as or, or see me as, because then it's also, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm always intrigued then in drag too, because it's constantly this balance of like, hiding my masculine features and creating these false female ones that it's like okay well where's the line at what point in a transformation do I go from man to woman if we're like you know just Mm -hmm. based on stereotypes it's like I don't know it's it's so it's just so strange to me that we work in this this kind of black and white zero to 100 well and I, I called pretty much all my friends um I just kind of always say "Hey, girl" by default, and so I'll kind of I'll I'll get into the routine of that, and then I'll be like at work or something, and uh, a you know male coworker, and I'll be like "Hey, girl," and you'll just see them kind (laughs) of tense up, and I'm like, "Oh, sorry, I just I just sort of my my default there." So yeah,
1: that that's interesting too because I I feel like I actually I'll I say "Hey, guys," I'll call everybody "Guy." Or dude. Oh,
0: interesting. Yeah.
1: And there was, I was in this group and we were having a conversation about how, like, there are people who will get really offended if you call them dude. Mm-hmm. And like, just mm-hmm. like not knowing, but it's like having that, like, kind of like sensitivity and like awareness, I guess. But it, but it is, it's so like, everything can be so default.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and within the community too, and, and not being super particular about labels or pronouns for myself, I always have to keep in mind then too, that there are people that are very passionate about what they are referred to. And I always want to make sure that I'm being respectful of them that, you know, not kind of asserting my own biases of my own opinion of myself onto them. Um, because everybody sort of has a different relationship with it and different, you know, varying degrees of, of struggle in their life that they've come to it. Um, and so I also completely understand and respect people Who have, you know, claimed an identity for themselves that are like, no, I absolutely will be referred to as this pronoun. You know, I think you have to to be respectful of that as well and always cognizant.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100 percent I when I was uh doing a name change process, I this is like Mm -hmm. my how I can sort of relate to to changing your pronouns. I so I've changed my name three times so when I changed it to Reagan I legally changed it to Reagan so it's, it's mm-hmm. legally Reagan um and I I would get so angry and emotional and triggered not to use that overused word but it's true yeah. when someone would call me my uh, like my past name like and I mm-hmm. still like I've, I've calmed down a little bit like but it, it took years of yeah. like it's so that's like my one my one way to like be able to kind of like, I was like, oh, I, I want, like if I was called the wrong pronoun or like the pronoun Ooh. that like, I don't prefer use or, or identify by, like, I can totally see how that would just be so like, it could feel so disrespectful and, and invalidating. Ooh. And so, yeah, absolutely. Like having, and having, having the guts to be like, actually, this is yeah. who I am.
0: <laughs> yeah. And on the topic of names too, I also should, for my, my drag name, part of the, the reason I, I chose it was that. Um, so I, my, my boy named Jake, and actually my legal name is John, I'm a third. So my dad and then my dad's dad are, are all the same name. Uh, and I was kind of, um, I was kind of in the thought of uh, it would be cool if I were to want to become a parent one day. And I did have a daughter of passing Cordelia down to her, even though it's my like stage name and kind of having that, you know, continue on. And so I just liked that too. Like talking oh to friends, like, what would you name your kids? And I was like, ah, Cordelia is kind of cute. And I could call her Leah. And so Aww. we'll see how that goes. No, no, yeah. uh, no current plans. But, uh, but yeah, yeah.
1: This podcast interview will come back around and when, when you have your daughter, <laughs> like you said yes, it here. I will absolutely
0: play for <laughs> it for <laughs> her, completely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I came up with Xenia, actually recycled Xenia. I had a friend when I was in middle school and her name was Xenia and I thought it was the coolest name ever. So over the summer I was like, I think I just need a solo name. Nice. And it just, it seemed, it seemed to combine the edginess that I had with Reagan and, Mm. and the like inner peace and calm that I strive to have.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's fabulous. And you know, Um, when the, when the inspiration strikes or whatever, you know, you gotta, you gotta just take it. So no matter where, you know, that, that origin is from, that's, that's awesome that you found that.
1: You mentioned that Cordelia is a brainchild and alter ego. Can you talk a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah. So I kind of going back, uh, as I was saying of like, that the character is both an extension of me and then a separate entity, um, sort of brainchild being like, Oh, this is this character that I'm sort of forever writing and penning for myself and creating sort of removed from myself. Um, but then also having it be sort of, yeah, my, my alter ego, the, the other side of me, um that gets to to tap into this sort of feminine ideals of you know society and and i do go out sometimes in drag just for my own like personal joy and everything it's not for me just something that lives on the stage um i also do find it really fun to to kind of go out and interact and i know it's kind of like the longest improv scene ever just going out and, and talking to people in drag um but it's, it's interesting because I didn't even notice it necessarily, but my my friends and people around me would be like, have you noticed that like you just you act differently in drag or you just you talk a, a different way. Um, and I'm a little more cognizant of it now, but it's it's so crazy that, you know, you you change your exterior and you you become that that person, you know, kind of whoever you create for yourself that day. Um and I think baseline that's you know says so much into the, the power of makeup and how we choose to present ourselves. But you know, you you had the the makeup and the hair and the clothing and then you know being a, a man living in the society, the way that you carry your body in a pair of high heels is so just different and transformative to me. Like the first time I put it on. I was like, oh my God, like, but it felt so right too, to me. Like that was the the real reason I think I knew that drag like was for me because I was like, oh, this is a, like, it's uncomfortable. Like sure, they're a beautiful prison but there was something so empowering about it to me too. And I, yeah, very exciting.
1: Yeah. I completely hear you on the makeup thing. Like, I just in terms of even like mental health, if I put on makeup and like mm-hmm. actually, you know, brush my hair, I feel so much better just <laughs> automatically. Like, I did not brush my hair today, but that's okay. <laughs> but it's, 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 yeah.
0: it's
1: it's funny. I mean, it's it's like the the things that really do have an impact. Like we wouldn't expect, but truly.
0: No, absolutely. And it's, and it's most empowering too, in in the sense that, you know, it's not just, um, beauty for, you know, what a, a standard of what women should look like. Right. I think that there's a, a kind of toxic side to that of like, if, you know, we're expecting people to show up a certain way, um, then that's not good. But yeah, when you're doing it for yourself and you get to look in the mirror and kind of be like, well, who do I, who do I want to be today? And, you know, um, and I don't know, maybe everybody doesn't think about it as, as deeply as I do. Maybe I a rabbit hole on some things, but I'm like, what does this lip color say to the world about, <laughs> you know, who I am? Um, so I, I get a little a little detail-oriented on, on some of that stuff.
1: That's fun, though. I, like, I just recently got into wearing, I'm not wearing a but bright red, or, like, a deep red lip color. And I have to Ooh. say, like, it's... I feel so sultry when I wear it. Like, it yeah. just makes me feel, it's so transformative. So, I go for it. Go, go into the deep, the deep meanings behind totally. things. And it's fun because oh, it's absolutely. also then like, no, like, no one else has to know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It just changes how you personally feel and then how you're going to carry yourself for the day. Um, and then also, too, like, part of me with drag as, um, as serious as I do take it and as many, I think, you know, higher sociopolitical, you know, uh, aspects that go into it. Part of me too, is just fully kind of living what my child version of myself wanted to do for so many years. And sometimes I just have these moments of like, I'll be doing my makeup and it's like, it's very sentimental to me of being like seven year old Jake, never even thought that it was an option to like, when I discovered that drag was a thing that people did, I was like, I don't even care about like the career or, you know, a lot of Queens now who have gone through kind of the cycle of drag race have really, you know, acquired a lot of fame. But I was just like, wait, I can wear makeup. Like that was groundbreaking, you know? And uh, I feel so, um, my, my heart is so warm for kids who are growing up uh, in today's uh, day and age that, you know, have all these, you know, kind of male, beauty influencers and you know sure we can you know talk about canceling and and all that sort of stuff and the what social media does but generally speaking like to walk into an alta and see a man on the the beauty campaign how cool is that you know or or to see a drag queen and you know say like yeah you you can wear that dress um it's just so so incredible to me
1: yeah yeah that's like one of the the superpowers of social media is that, that mm-hmm. people can feel like who they are is okay?
0: Completely, yes.
1: What's what's your, I didn't have this in the script, but I'm super curious. What's your makeup routine?
0: Oh man, um, it, you know, it's interesting because I, I like to give myself for drag like three hours. Is oh my God. The, the goal, um, because I like to sort of, you know, put on the music and really take my time, kind of live the the full fantasy. Um, I can do it in like an hour and a half. Um, and sometimes it is funny because I'll look at myself after the hour and a half and I'm like, I think you look better than when you take three hours. <laughs> sometimes I got I to gotta give myself a time limit on purpose there. Uh, I'm forever late if I'm in drag. So I just yeah. tell everybody that it's, things are happening a half an hour later. And then I lie to myself about what time it is so that yeah. I'm maybe pseudo on time. Um But yeah, a lot of my stuff, I think, is is kind of standard within drag world. I glue down my brows and uh, cover that and sort of paint on a a different brow shape, which is super transformative to the face. It's amazing what just like a one degree change in your eyebrow can do. Um, And then I don't know, I'm still kind of toying around with it. It's forever in evolution. Um, I sort of have a base that I work with, but uh, I'm always... Kind of every time I do my makeup, I'll, you know, see somebody else do something and try to incorporate it. Um, and it's just so fun. I mean, talk about limitless possibilities. You know, once you kind of get your base, like, okay, what looks, you know, the best to you on my face as far as, you know, place it in the contour and brow shape and how much space you want to have on your eyelid then a million different color combinations, lip colors, and which highlighter do I want to use? And uh, you know, so that that part's fun. Doing like the base of my face for like the hour of gluing down and foundation and contour. It's like the most boring thing to me ever and drawing on <laughs> the eyebrows. I absolutely hate, if there's one thing that I could just have happen automatically, it would be my eyebrows to just be done. Cause it's like, it's like I'm playing operation just trying to, to mess it up. Um, but then, yeah, once you get to all the, the colorful stuff, that's where the fun comes
1: in. Yeah, it's like the the prize at the end of the road.
0: Totally. But usually I'm running late, so I don't even have time to enjoy it. I'm like, quick, <laughs> get the lip on. Let's go.
1: Literally, though. I could not do makeup for three hours. Like, I like that in, in, in uh, theory. But I'm like, 20 minutes, done. <laughs> I couldn't
0: do it. Oh, yeah. No, if I'm Jake doing makeup now, I it's usually just like a cheek sparkle and maybe like a little eyeshadow. But yeah, and then I guess that is kind of interesting in, in how I view the two of them. That if I'm going as Jake, it's it's I don't want to take that much time. But then um, I think also too in, in being early on in uh, in my career in drag, I you know you're constantly you know, perfection is unattainable. You're always trying to, you know, strive for what your version of perfection is um, and always want to put your best foot forward. So I think that also, you know, factors into the time of me really wanting to make sure that I'm presenting the best that I can for that day, at least. I don't know. Sometimes you're you're doing drag on a Tuesday and you're like, you know what? This is what you're getting world. So <laughs> take it or leave it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we all still have life happening. We And we all yeah. like, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna obviously try our best and give our best you know at any given moment but there's always always other stuff happening that nobody knows about
0: for sure always a, a whirlwind around you
1: okay what's next for you where do you see Cordelia facade going in the future
0: <sighs> the, the the best question really um I I don't know about the the like short term goals, honestly. Uh, the near future is kind of what's uncertain to me, but the the long term, my my kind of ultimate goal is I'd love to be a performer who is a drag queen, not a drag queen performer, if that makes sense. So I'd like to just be able to perform, and whether that's you know singing or modeling or whatever entity you know whatever kind of category that falls into i'd love for cordelia to just kind of be that persona truly like um i don't know like how lady gaga has lady gaga you know at the end of the day she's still stephanie but it's this stage persona um, and not just be confined to the world of drag, and I think we're starting to see that where where queens are getting really cool opportunities that kind of break outside of just the bars and clubs. Um, like I know uh, a couple months back, uh, some queens who had been on the the most recent cycle of Drag Race got the opportunity to walk in the the Savage Fenty uh, fashion show, um, and so that's that's the cool stuff um, out there that I I'd like to continue to be part of the wave that's breaking boundaries and, um, not just being comfortable of where drag stereotypically was, but being like, I don't know, could I be a drag queen politician? Like who's to say, (laughs) you know, you never, you never know what uh, what (laughs) this facade will be getting up to. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's, that's awesome. And I think that's, that's super like just needed, you know, like all of the breaking the barriers that's so needed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, what I do tomorrow, I don't know, but a uh, five-year plan, that's what we're, what we're working towards. Um, I think at some point I would really like to at least, you know, give my best shot at, uh, attempting something like drag race. You know, it's sort of, I think for, for a lot of performers is sort of the, the stereotypical and cliche answer now. Um, but I don't know, it's, it's kind of cool, you know, it's, it's sort of the, the current Olympics of drag out there. Um, i think that there's a lot of opportunity that comes with it that's really exciting and a lot of the um the touring and that sort of stuff that that can come with it like i that to me is truly like the dream to just be able to sort of travel the world and perform for for people. It's just like i I couldn't ask for anything more. so if I can work out something like that and con people into paying me for it, that would be <laughs> solid.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of us have that as a goal,
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, before we get into final five, is there anything that I didn't ask about that you want to share?
0: I don't think so. I um yeah, no, I um yeah, no, I, I feel like we're we're good. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay, um, so technically final five is speed round, but it doesn't have okay. to be uh most are not. Okay. <laughs> this is this tends to be the one where the most random tangents happen. So if that if if we go for that, I'm here for it.
0: Very one, good.
1: What is your favorite look you've created so far?
0: Um, honestly, the what the one I submitted to you for the the promo pick and that I used for the Nobody No Crime video, I was like floored at how that turned out. Uh, it was the time that I was just getting ready in a hurry. And something just sort of came together with the hair. And then that's um, my friend Sierra's junior year of high school prom dress that I borrowed. Um, we had to do a little bit of course of magic to make that one work. Um, but I, I just, I never felt more be- beautiful in the moment. And then when I got the pictures back, I mean, it was probably the least amount of editing I've had to do on photos, I'll say that much. So that was, it was just phenomenal.
1: That's pretty telling. That's, yeah, that's amazing. I love that because I I do all my own photos too, and there's a
0: lot of editing that happens. Oh yeah, <laughs> we got we gotta work a little magic in post.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, second question: Who are your top queen influences? <sighs>
0: Um, with sticking in the the kind of I guess drag race canon and, and the names that that people would probably recognize, I'm I, I pull a lot of comedy influence from Trixie and Katya. I really love them and uh, all their projects that they do. Uh, I'm very inspired by the fashion uh, that Aquaria um, and Gigi Good bring to the scene. I think that they are very. Um, they just do an excellent job of, of not playing within any lines, um, and that that's super inspiring. Um, and then, I, I as far as like persona and carrying myself, and I, I I've gotten compared the most to Brooklyn Heights, who was on a season of American Drag Race, and then went on to be one of the host of the, the the Canadian spinoff. Um, and she just has this like incredible like regal presence to her that I really really admire and would like to to take a a little bit of that from, for myself there.
1: What advice do you have for someone drawn to drag, but is maybe fearful or shy to create their persona?
0: Uh, Baseline advice is just absolutely do it, you know, jump in, don't tiptoe. I think that there is something to be said that, you know, you, you definitely have to have that, that time for yourself where you're just kind of sitting around and and playing in the mirror uh, and not just, launching in front of an audience like from the get-go because it's uh it's harder than it looks not in the sense that you know I think anyone can do it but the first times that you are doing things like rubbing a glue stick on your eyebrows it's way harder than you think it is (laughs) um so you know and you so you just kind of have to to find what what works for you um and I'd say now too as as the Art form has become more popular. I think that the the bar has continued to be raised for um, the the quality metrics and like the amount of money that people are putting into it, and that can be very intimidating. Even now, you know, for me and um, and wanting to to kind of have a you know leg up with these these other queens, that's like, oh, I don't have thousands of dollars to pour into an outfit. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about trying to hit bars that are set by other people. I would my advice I think would be truly do what makes you feel the most empowered and then you know people will will find joy in that when they know that you're you're feeling the fantasy too
1: that's great advice for just life in general yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. we all have our own journeys we're all on our own journeys and we shouldn't come like be like working towards other people's bars
0: For sure. No, yeah. Run your own race, help somebody out if you can, who's, you know, if they're falling behind or whatever, but don't worry about who's in front of you.
1: But it's so easy to, like, it's so easy to. Oh,
0: no. I mean, that's complete bullshit advice. I need to take my own. But but generally speaking, the times that I have followed it have been the most successful. When I just run in my own lane. Um, and it feels the most uncomfortable or, you know, I'm the most unsure of it in the moment, It, it usually has been the time that I've, I found the most success. So there, there really is something to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Question four, what's your favorite part about performing in drag?
0: Um, I, uh, Probably twofold. Internally, I just like the way that I I feel about it. There is something that that clicks, um, and it does just sort of change how I carry myself, and that's really freeing. Um, But from the performance aspect of it, I just love love seeing in other people's faces that like i've taken them out of their lives for even a couple of minutes or that when that song change happened in the mix that they were so like surprised and joyful and laughing that you know it distracts them and i I think that's again you know it's what a lot of entertainers say but um it really is so true and it's so impactful to see the power that you can you can have with people and, and to you know take them out of, you know, their, their shitty day. And then they come to the drag bar and, you know, you're, you're just the, the everything to them. You know, you're this glittery basically walking disco ball of a person, you know, and, <laughs> and that's just so, so incredibly fulfilling to see.
1: Yeah. I love that. Okay. What's one thing you've learned throughout the creation of Cordelia facade? Just one,
0: <laughs> just one. I, I, I I think it's that uh the that my the art and my character are never it's never done and it's a constant evolution. Um and I think that's kind of surprised me as far as like there's not like a like okay I'm a fully baked drag queen now ready to take the world and this is how I do things. Um so it's been a a pleasant surprise though learning that I can always evolve it and that she can kind of adapt with me as I change too um and that's really exciting for the the longevity of of her and and hopefully of my career with it.
1: Yeah. That's so important too. Like I I think just like in terms of even like like an actor's brand or you know like every like everything's changing. We're all evolving all the time and like things would get really boring if they were exactly the same for multiple decades
0: absolutely no you have to keep it fresh to you because then it's like you know how do you think your your audience feels and especially in a a day and age where social media it's like okay we've seen that already on to the next you know you gotta you gotta kind of keep up with that but it's really exciting to me and it's a good uh it's a good challenge for me to always be kind of pushing the bar and leveling up every time
1: yeah absolutely oh my gosh thank you so much for chatting with us and being here so so great to have you family go check out Cordelia Facade you can find her on social media at Cordelia Facade and through her website CordeliaFacade.com both of those links are in the episode description and stay tuned for this year's pride photo series Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed your time today. Please take a minute to press Thank that you. subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, Audible, Google Play. And if you liked today's episode, please rate and leave a review. It would mean so much to me and it helps more listeners like you find this podcast. You can connect with our guests and myself on social media. All of our information and more is listed in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Sonia. See you next time.